Welcome to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant and nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Headline, a student of permaculture, a food patriot to the natural world, and a person feeling realistic hope. Realistic hope, yay! After this incredible two-day meeting in Northfield. And so in studio with us is Pat Kerrigan with uh, the Organic Consumers Association. Okay. Hi, Pat. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. So, thanks um, for having me on. Thanks for inviting me to that awesome meeting. You're welcome. That that yeah. was so darn cool, wasn't it? It was. It was fun. Yeah. It was especially when we get so much negative information mm-hmm. just at us all the time. To be in a room yeah. of people who were educated, knowledgeable, and doing something. People were so fired up to go forth and regenerate <laughs> the Midwest and beyond. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so what meeting were we at? So this was um, a meeting down in Northfield, um, Rahi haslett Marroquin with Main Street Tr- Chicken Project, um, is one of the most important regenerative agriculture visionaries in the world. Rahi has, uh, speaking of permaculture, uh, a permaculture operation. He's been, on, he's been on our show several times. Oh, I fantastic. love his book, Green Man. Isn't that awesome? Oh, I love Green Man. In the Shadow of the Green Man. In the Shadow yeah. of the Green Man. That uh-huh. is just such a His life story book. from yeah. Guatemala and, and all the lessons that he's learned. Yeah, that was a fantastic book. So anyway, um, Rahi um, got together with Graham Christensen from uh, Nebraska. He's a member of the Nebraska Farmers Union and has done a, a, a regenerative mapping of the producers. And when we say, let's back up for a second with re- regenerative agriculture, basically what we're talking about is improving soil health and all the various eco-service that you get from improving soil health as well as more nutrient-dense foods. And, and then especially critical now is, the, is uh, through improving soil health, you're able to sequester more carbon from the atmosphere back down into the soil for where it's exchanged with microorganisms in a, uh, um, via this fungal network. And the microorganisms provide trace minerals for the plant that the plant needs. And, the, and then the plant provides photosynthesized simple carbon sugar. For the microorganisms. So anyway, um, so Rahi... So life, I'm going to stop you. So life oh, okay. is a little bit more complex than NPK, right? You know, it, here, <laughs> here, here is the goal, and they've unfortunately been so successful. The, um, the synthetic uh, fertilizer, herbicide, pesticide companies is to look at the soil as a, a sand silt clay medium whose only purpose is to hold the plant upright and then you buy all the nutrients you need from me, your, your, your fertilizer dealer, you know. And, well, what's happening is that uh, uh, that synthetic um, potassium, synthetic nitrogen especially, are poisoning the soils. So the soil can, mother cannot, mother nature, as we talked about at the conference, can do an amazing, amazing job of healing the planet, so I'm gonna I'm gonna share this if we one get story. Out of the way. Yeah, if, uh-huh. if we get, I mean, yeah. And so um, Graham Christensen, when he was talking, I had tears in my eyes. So yeah, many isn't times. he amazing? He is totally, uh-huh. he is totally amazing. I mean, he grew up in a hundred. Mm-hmm. His family farm is in Nebraska. Has been in their family for over 150 years. Yes. And so he shared one story: um, fickle cattle in Pleasantville, Nebraska, and they have measured that the organic matter on their farm went from 2.6 to 6.9, mm-hmm. and that's tested at Midwest yes. Labs. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what does that mean if you're organic? Matter, yeah. Or- type- organic matter is the main indicator of soil health. It's what percentage you've got air taking up roughly half of the soil space. You've got soil itself. You've got moisture, um, broken down uh, rock, basically that that the the soil is composed of. And then you've got your critical your critical critical piece of that is the organic matter. And then. Um, We've we've lost half of our topsoil. We've lost a lot of our um, the uh, trace minerals in that the soil isn't being replenished. It's be, it's being mined by conventional farmers, and then they're replacing the uh, the lost nitrogen, potassium, phosphorus, your NPK, um, with synthetic versions that are killing earthworms and other microorganisms. And so, um, so through the, by increasing your your soil organic matter, sometimes referred to as soil organic carbon, 
You can do that with farmers have done made huge increases within 10 years. David Abbas, who presented at the Regeneration Conversation at the Moses Conference, that's where we really got Regeneration Midwest going. It's, it's, it's and brand new. And this is only a couple of months. This, was, this was, yeah, February 23rd. You know, yeah, as and so a, this was the first meeting was last Thursday and Friday, yesterday. Yeah, so the Moses Conference, that's the largest organic farming conference in the country. And um, and Moses uh, uh, director John Mesco was there um, yesterday, and he's a great great ally. And so anyway, um, we had this conversation about you know how do we identify the regenerative leaders in the med- Midwest, share what they're doing, share that um, this is a way that for farmers to hold moisture in the soil. You know, during uh, during drought times, Duluth is having a serious drought right now. While we're getting way too much water down in Iowa, for example, Chris Peterson, one of the attendees, one of the most famous farmer in Iowa, was talking about how all these potholes have now turned into big lakes, and how he was fl- flying into Des Moines. You have all this standing water. Well, you also have gr- uh, Iowa's ground zero for uh, pork CAFOs and then also for um, for chicken laying hens. And so you've got these 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 lakes then filled with CAFO manure and it's just it's it's so de- incredibly depressing. You know? And that and that I mean it is incredibly depressing and that's why um, we still we need that hope and that's why mm-hmm. uh, this one farmer increasing his organic yeah. matter from 2.6 to 6.9 mm-hmm. is is a, is a, is a is a hopeful story. I'm mm-hmm. going to read a quote from him. Mm-hmm. Most importantly, I feel we are doing the right things again. We are enjoying the smell of sweet clover and alfalfa. We have a Russian immigrant and his son providing bees and producing honey that in turn gives us healthier crops and pasture. There are a host of rewarding transformations taking place. The farm is full of more birds than ever. I carry a bird book so I can identify them. I also carry a range book and a cover crop book so I can identify the new plants coming up through the soil. Mm -hmm. We are not um, uh, we're not um, ir- irrigating, um, mm-hmm. and they've reduced their uh, synthetic and chemical use by ninety-five percent. There you go by <laughs> building soil, and that's the way farms used to be: is you had livestock integrated with your garden produce, um, with your row cropping, or what. And so um, farmers were using the the best nutrient, animal manure. On farm, you know, and and so now you've got farmers that are buying those synthetic inputs, and um, as I was saying earlier, uh, you know, poisoning the soil health so that the 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 plant is a weakened plant. That's why it, the pests go after uh, the weakest, you know. And when you have a monocrop with GMO uh, corn, soy, sugar beets, uh, canola, cottonseed. Um, and then you're feeding it synthetic uh, uh, chemicals, uh, you're going to have a weakened plant, you know? And so, say for livestock feed, it's like, it's really, it's really concerning that um, the more than 95% of the livestock products were fed GMO because your corn, you're looking at your corn, GMO corn, that's over 90% of the, of the seeds, um, GMO soy is way higher, 96, 97%, you know? And so it, it, it's, it's a, it's a, the industrial so, ag model is, is really pre- creating unhealthy soils, unhealthy plants, unhealthy livestock, and unhealthy consumers of those products. Right. And, okay, so 100 <clears throat> years ago, people did not know anything about vitamins. I mean, mm-hmm. we didn't know about vitamins. Mm-hmm. And we may not know about mm-hmm. micronutrients. Do you think right. people were meant to eat food from healthy soil? Yeah, and, exa- <laughs> and, and that's the that's – the, there's a, there's a uh, indicator – there's a really important soil health indicator, um, the BRICS reading, which is simply the amount of sugar that is in anything from a grass to a watermelon. Uh, and so um, – there's uh, a device called the refractometer where you can measure the sugar. When I was working in produce, um, if you if you get a load and you try, say, of cantaloupes and those really are underripe, you can call a, a federal inspection. They use a, a BRICS reading uh, to de- to determine every 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 crop has and, and grasses too have a range of what that sugar should be at. Okay. 
uh, with that sugar level. And so there uh, a couple of guys that um, I know with Nature's Best, they're organic uh, consultants. And so they have this giant vice grip with these square plates that were soldered onto it for squeezing the grass. They have a $200 refractometer. And then right there, you get your indicator via the BRICS sugar reading of how, just how healthy your soils are. And the soil health, one, one of the things I just want to back up for a second, soil health, when we're talking about soil health, we're not only talking about uh, healthy plants that are, um, that are uh, uh, photosynthesizing the carbon, providing the simple sugar for the soil nutrients in exchange for the trace minerals. This is su- such an incredibly complicated science. We only know a little bit of how this works. We do know that the, that the plant allows the mycorrhizal fungus to burrow into its root hair so the plant can exchange water and trace minerals via the fungus to the soil <laughs> microorganisms and that the plant can chemically signal the soil what trace minerals it needs to possibly fight off an infestation, make their leaves more acidic, less appealing to a uh, in, uh, uh, to a uh, predator bu- or to to a, a so, bug. So we're going to take a break. Okay. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio. We are live. We can take your calls nine five two nine four six six two zero five. So when we return, I'm going to ask: Is the industrial system based on a zombie model? Mm-hmm. And how do we come back to the living world? Yeah. Right, and that's what we're talking about. Uh, a wonderful meeting. Uh, regenerate regenerative agriculture. Regenerating Midwest. Right. <laughs> Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette. 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. And I'm Rachel Shamblot. Did you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist? You don't need to be afraid of my dad. He makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun. We don't care if you're a dental regular or haven't seen a dentist in years. We just want to make you comfortable and get you out of pain. If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner, at Snap Construction for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP, or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. I'm Richard R.J. Escal, and this week on The Zero Hour, author and activist Marianne Williamson on navigating these dark yet promising times, Professor David Ferris on why it's fair for Democrats to fight dirty and how to do it. Major Danny Sherson on American independence, and we'll also talk about the soft corruption of our student debt system. All this and more on the Zero Hour every Sunday night from 9 till midnight on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and designed jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. 
So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant the seeds of change. Um, I'm Laura Headline, and in studio with us is Pat Kerrigan from the Organic Consumers Association. And we were at a wonderful uh, meeting, Midwest Regeneration mm-hmm. um, Alliance. So, okay, what is the history of uh, regenerative agriculture? Yeah, the um, regenerative agriculture, as a couple of people brought up at the meeting yesterday, Native tribes and indigenous people around the world are focused on regenerative agriculture in that they want maintaining the soil is the key for maintaining life of the livestock that they're raising, of their own health. And so regenerative agriculture um, was a, a term that was coined by the um, Rodale Institute. Robert Rodale wrote, uh, I've read this so many times on, on um uh, uh, different online posts that Robert Rail- Rodale wrote, um, uh, healthy soils equals healthy plants, healthy animals equals healthy food. And so the soil is the start of it, you know, and, and, um, and, and soil is not just dirt. I mean, we kind of have like, right. let me think uh-huh. of even that word dirt, yeah. soil is dirt, whereas there's like more complexity below. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's like an amazing universe, uh, <laughs> both above and below ground that are completely dependent on the soil. And when you look at the fall of civilizations, it's usually involves salting of the soil and not ca- taking care of the primary resource we need to survive, water and soil. Water and soil. Let's talk a little bit about water because mm-hmm. um, uh, one of the things, uh, it was the first time I heard this, that uh, Graham Christensen said that uh, there's only 60 harvests left. Yes. So yeah. what did he mean and, by that? That's... And I've, I've heard less than that too. Um, the the uh, we're we've already lost roughly in the U.S. Uh, half of our topsoil. We've lost a lot of the trace minerals, so that food is just not as nutritious. When I worked at managed produce at Linden Hills Co-op, I had so many great conversations with seniors, and, and so many of them said, "This is the way food used to taste." Well, or with talking about organic foods, when I would cut up mm-hmm. samples. Well, the reason it used to taste like that, and it doesn't anymore, is because the food had the trace minerals. And the trace minerals are where you're not only getting your flavor, but where the plant is getting the essential nutrients it needs to be healthy. Yeah, um, and so let's briefly say something about tree yeah. range. We've heard about yes, free uh-huh. range. So what's tree range, chicken? Yeah, tree, tree range, and I so love that name. Um, Ray, <laughs> I do too. Ray, tree range. Uh, Ray he, uh, and he did a tour of um, the uh, 100 acres that Main Street Project has just acquired. Uh, we walked around that land, heard about uh, how that uh, how that was going to be developed, and we also went to regeneration uh, ran, re- regeneration farms uh, down the road um, where they're uh, raising the chickens. And so you have a permaculture base. That's the thing when you're talking about regenerative agriculture. Permaculture, um, agroforestry, um, uh, the, the integration of food production uh, into trees. And people were saying, you know, how we need trees not only for sequestering carbon, but that also for the shade, for holding the soil, and that um, uh, chick, the reason uh, tree range came in, uh, uh, they came up with that name in part because chicken were originally forest dwellers, as were pigs. Right. And so it's your, it's, it's the, the, the regenerative, uh, uh, perennial focused permaculture. Um, uh, artists that are incorporating I love that word. It's, it's farmers, the, farmers, yes. slash artists. So it, the rolls of hazelnuts, so they get the hazelnut products, and then the yes. chickens are there, so the chickens feed the hazelnuts. So and the chickens close- eat, can eat the hazelnut. <laughs> they have they process it, and then uh, uh, there's a, a hazelnut network for for uh, for marketing it. Ray he burns the uh, the uh, husk is biochar, and then has the most. He has sunflowers <laughs> with the biggest heads that tower over you. He has the chickens weeding the sunflower patch, and there's not a weed in there, <laughs> you know. And a Ray, so Ray, he is a genius of combining all of this on the on Mother Nature's model, and how do the pieces fit together? Well, it's so you know? beautiful. And right now, we're going to be joined by Teresa from New Alm. You were also at the uh, Midwest Agri- uh, Regenerative Alliance meeting yesterday. Welcome to the show, I Teresa. Um, I wanted to just share some of the learnings that I experienced. Uh, a gentleman was there presenting on Regenerate Nebraska, and he laid out the values of regenerative agriculture that 
they have articulated, and it includes minimizing and no tillage, reducing soil mm-hmm. disturbances significantly, diverse cover crops, moving from monoculture to a very diverse agriculture, incorporating livestock, going back actually to um, the type of forage and uh, landscape population that we had centuries ago, um, multiple crop rotations and intercropping, mm-hmm. and as Patrick mentioned, utilizing silvocaster techniques, which really um, maximize um, the environmental benefits of trees. And I guess I, I would also emphasize that regenerative agriculture isn't just about how we care for our food-producing resources, our air, our land, and our water. It's how we care for our people, and it builds resilient communities. And Mm I um, appreciated hearing from other advocates and practitioners of regenerative agriculture. Also, we were uh, given information on an upcoming meeting on regenerative agriculture Wednesday, August 8th, um, at First Universalist Church in Minneapolis from 6 to 9 p.m. Awesome. So that's all I had to yep. share. Oh, yeah, that was great. And, Teresa, uh, tell us a little bit about the organization you're with, Sustainable Farming. I'm with Sustainable Farming Association. We're a statewide membership group dedicated to teaching farmers of all types various sustainable practices using education, demonstration, um, as well as mentoring and outreach, and we have a fairly robust farmer-to-farmer network with nine chapters around the state. So what's the similarities or differences between the word sustainable and regenerative? You know, um, Sustainable Farming Association began 26 years ago um, as the um, low-input sustainable agriculture, if you will, um, began. Um, many of the programs and practices that we teach are regenerative in nature. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's also it's about respect for the land and respect for people, and 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 creating a um, a, a new type of system that that is farmer centered and farmer owned. Is ownership an important means here? Um, it is, and that was another um, great emphasis on the meeting yesterday. Um, they actually, there was a lot of emphasis on kind of a three-legged stool of cooperation. Um, the three-legged stool comprised of the producer, the farmer lender, the excuse me, the farmer, um, the um, cooperative grocery, the marketing aspect, and the financing end of it. Um, I think we even have looked to historical structures um, as models, uh, including what to avoid um, to lose the farmer-centered, little d, democratic-controlled nature of cooperatives. Right. Well, Mm -hmm. Teresa, I thank you so much for joining us. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk more about that farmer-centered and that ownership Mm -hmm. and how important it is. And what's what's happening with organic? Is it still owned by a lot of small producers? Mm -hmm. Um, What's Mm -hmm. happening with that word? Mm -hmm. We're talking with Patrick, um, uh, Pat Kerrigan from the Organic Consumers Association. Hi, this is Charlie. My dad is Minnesota's wildly popular and handsome radio host, Matt McNeil. Did I say that right, Dad? Perfect! When I got my driver's license, my parents let me drive a Sienna from Rudy Luther Toyota. I love it. It's easy, comfortable, and hauls all my baseball gear. And my parents love the safety. That's why they wanted me in the Sienna. Thanks to Rudy Luther Toyota, my son is safe as he begins his driving adventure. We're a two Sienna family thanks to Rudy Luther Toyota. Visit them today in Golden Valley at 169 and 394. I'm Steve Conklin. And I'm Jake DeRoff. We're the hosts of the Mortgage Talk Show, Sundays at 1230. Steve, what are we going to talk about this week? This week, we talk about a new blockchain platform to help combat mortgage fraud. We interview Craig Scarns from Insurance Warehouse to talk about homeowners insurance. And we take your questions. Check us out for more information. Email us any questions at mortgagetalkshow.com. Tune in to the Mortgage Talk Show every Sunday at 1230 on AM 950. 
The 4th of July holiday is the best time of year to buy new appliances. Minnesota's original appliance specialist at Warner Stellion guarantee their prices are unbeatable. That's right, we guarantee it. Not just the brands you can buy at the box stores, but also the ones you can't. That's a good reason to choose Warner Stellion. But our customers tell us the best reason is how much trust they have in our installation specialist. I bet your insurance agent agrees. Visit Warner Stelling in-store online through July 11th for unbeatable appliance deals. Being a dog is awesome, except when you really got to go, but you're stuck inside. That's why I had my human called the Urban Dog. Daily walks, field trips, play groups, one-on-one time, safe off-leash play, and pet sitting. I love being an Urban Dog. The Urban Dog works with your schedule and can create a plan that fits your needs. The Urban Dog. Exercise, explore, socialize. Let the journey begin. Call 651-231-6333. That's 651-231-6333. AM 950 listeners, we have a home cleaning company with an offer just for you. They're Blue Sky Services. Blue Sky Services will wash your windows, siding, gutters, clean those black streaks off your roof, and more. Window washing starts at $100. Siding cleaning starts at $199. Call Blue Sky Services at 651-447-4484 to ask for the AM 950 special. If you hear this, you have an exclusive house cleaning offer for June only. Call 651-447-4484. That's Blue Sky Services at 651-447-4484. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Dear John, I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is serious, and I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to when you checked on me? I don't want to leave, but remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range today. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Slow down. You move too fast. You got to make the moment I love, I love last. this song. So, yeah, okay. kicking down. So uh, this is Laura Hedlund with Food Freedom Radio, and uh, with us in studio is Pat Kerrigan uh, with the Organic Consumers Association. And this week we were at the first ever meeting of the Regeneration Midwest Alliance, mm-hmm. and one of the total inspirational mm-hmm. people there is the co-founder of uh, Regenerate Nebraska. So tell us a little bit about yeah. uh, Graham Christensen. Yes, Graham Christensen, I first met him at the Second General Assembly of Regeneration International, which uh, OCA has a um, uh, OCA, sister, okay, Organic that- Consumers Association has a sister project down in San Miguel de Allende amazing organic training farm and ranch. So we hosted more than 100 of the top agroecology regenerators from around the world. Graham was there, and my boss, my uh, uh, director Rose, told me about how he was doing, she thought, like the most important regenerative organizing work in the country. And what he's done, he's done a mapping of the regenerative producers. He put together four amazing workshops at the end of March talking about the the regenerative pipeline. He had had grass-fed producers. Um, uh, he had um, uh, permaculture, uh, civil pasture. Um, he had folks, uh, in fact, a, a couple people with the uh, Nebraska uh, USDA forestry attended. They're working on building soil health of the of the U.S. forestry lands. And so Graham pulled together for the, they, uh, they had a, uh, this was a, uh, about building the um, the regenerative pipeline of foods into Omaha, Lincoln, uh, going to low-income communities, working with the Malcolm X Foundation, working with Latinos, with um, uh, uh, with with each of the tribes. Yeah. Graham got every tribal uh, representative from every tribe to talk about pooling, bite, and marketing, uh, cooperatively marketing their bison, bison being the ultimate regenerative symbol. And so one of the people at the uh, farm at the meeting yesterday was uh, with Ho-Chunk Farms down there. And this year they're transitioning uh, 700 acres of their 45,000 acres. They're Uh they're working on this. But the other thing that was really cool about Graham is he went out of the box. I mean, he is really connecting... um, Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. because a lot of the people who experience in that rural area, they're they're in a lot of pain right now. Yes, exactly, and they're they're suffering from polluted waters. So Graham, uh, as he always says, expose the bad actors. Who is poisoning your water supply with nitrates that are beyond uh, above what the, the the dangerous level even is? You know, and then also. Uh, uh, deliver the regenerative solution on how it's because of industrial ag, CAFO agriculture, that we poisoned not only our soil health, but our waters as well. Now, the um, farmers out in western Minnesota, there's a, I'll never forget the Star Tribune article where they said, that's just the price of living in an agricultural region, you know? And no, it's not. Everyone deserves clean water and clean, healthy food. Right. And so, and so Graham is doing amazing work. He's working with the University of Nebraska uh, um, in doing a citizen scientist training for people to go out and be monitoring water quality and reporting in. This is the kind of work. And then also, too, Graham has done not only a regenerative mapping of the producers. This is online. Um, just You can just Google Regenerate Nebraska. He's um, uh, the uh, f- uh, founder and director of GC Resolve, which is agri- agricultural consulting, regenerative consulting, and then also um, GC Revolt, working with uh, communities, including um, a native tribe, in installing solar power. And so Graham is really, really at the leading cutting edge. He has a regeneration proclamation. If we had more time, I'd love to read oh, the whole yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, I know. But please check out yeah, his regeneration proclamation. It's such an in- incredibly inspiring vision statement. Yeah, and you know, and he was, he was, he's, he's moved by uh, climate change, you know, yes. and he's very moved uh-huh. by it. And it's, it's about drawing down. He's read a lot in the mm-hmm. water, and he's yep. reaching out to people who might identify, self-identify as Republicans, but yes. they're, they're tired of contract farming. Yep, they're, they're feeling exactly. like they're slaves to industrial system, and they right. don't have any. They don't. Ha- they're, they're not um, individuals in the right. Slave. And Republicans care about the health of rural communities. Some of our best allies, and this is a really critical point, Laura. Are some of our best allies uh, nationally are Republicans? Some of them being in grazing states. Um, uh, John Faso in New York, Republican. Um, on the House Agricultural Committee was Citizens Climate Lobby uh, chapter, brought him out um, to the Stone Barn Regenerative Center north of uh, New York City. He got so excited that um, he challenged uh, all the CCL to bring their representatives, starting with the uh, Ag Committee, out to regenerative farms. And he said, we need to work together to educate our elected officials, and that he's, you know, taking a lead in that with his colleagues. Yeah, I feel like we have so much we want to talk about because we got to uh-huh. talk, touch on GMOs. I mean, yeah. there is this idea that, you know, for some companies, they sell both the seeds and the fertilizers, and they're making a lot of money, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that how yeah. it's working uh-huh. right now? Well, hopefully they're not making as much money as they <laughs> used to be. I'm hearing that there's some there's some input dealers that are, that are now into the business of selling cover crops. Um, cover crop seed. Uh, and speaking of cover crops, um, the one of the foremost and probably best known uh, farmer, I consider him the most important farmer in the country, is Gabe Brown, who farms near Bismarck, North Dakota. Gabe, Gabe does thousands of acres corn-soy rotation, but he also does crop rotations. He integrates livestock into his operation. Um, he let, he was talking about how he let the calves go out and uh, and then and just and deliver themselves without him really being involved. <laughs> well, you know what? Cows somehow figured out how to deliver their babies before humans domesticated them. You know. Anyway, Gabe is a, calls himself a solar farmer. His he said my job is to get as much sunlight as possible photosynthesized down into the soil. He has a cover crop cocktail of six, eight, possibly more different cover crops that are adding the nutrients to the soil that he needs. They're sequestering carbon, 
carbon that are uh, suppressing weeds because there's nowhere for the weeds to even grow. And then he plants right into that. You know, I, I absolutely love this. And I, I, one of the little things that happened at, at this meeting of um, uh, Regeneration Midwest Alliance is, you know, sometimes people, they mm-hmm. clap to mm-hmm. get the group back together. Yep. And then uh-huh. all of a sudden everyone will go, okay, now we're supposed to shut up and, uh-huh. and listen. Yeah. Well, that, the clapping, no one shut up. And then, yeah. and then someone really whistled really loudly uh-huh. and no one still stopped talking. And then, then people came up with loud voices and louder voices. It took yeah. a long time to calm the group down and yes. I was I was watching that because you're like this doesn't uh-huh. usually happen yeah but this highly highly individualistic highly spirited yeah can't really put it in one single box it's mm-hmm. not one little label that we mm-hmm. all look for the one little organic label yeah but it's something that's that's sort of beyond labeling it is and it's it's a it's a movement and what we're talking about is how do we build that movement and then how do we create the the marketplace the trade platform we talked uh, we went in depth about this yesterday and Ray yes. is the guru oh. about creating the regenerative trade platform by region whereby regenerative producers would say like say for example if we uh, got a request for uh, uh, 40 50 million chickens a year from a uh, from um, uh, institutional buyer. We would not know how to fill that order right now. Right. Whereas, a, whereas your your conventional, they've got that at the tip of their fingers. They're going to get back within a couple minutes on on uh, either one producer or aggregating that. We need to aggregate these and and know about the 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 amount of product per livestock sector, so that we can really move the dial. And this is our this is the real end goal: is how do we move the dial from degenerative to regenerative? health-focused, rural health, people's health, soil health, livestock, and plant health. Totally health-focused. And how do we provide the markets? How do we connect conscious consumers? I tell the co-op staff I talk to, you know what? The smart thing, the co-ops have done such a great job of marketing organic that the big box stores, Walmart, Sam's Club, Target, have eaten their organic lunch while driving, pr- keeping prices down for producers. And this, this is something that just really bothers me, too. Yeah, because it bothers of pe- everyone. You know, people really think, well, I can, I got organic from this big, mm-hmm. you know, big Joe company, and I'm buying yeah. organic. Then No, yep. you're not. I mean, but how do we well, make that message? Well, it is organic. You see, that's the, that, the problem is that you've got... Um, blatant abuse of the Organic Food Production Act, which was the foundation of the USDA um, uh, organic uh, program and organic seal. And so you've got um, Cornucopia's done a great job of documenting these dairies out west and southwest that that cows have very little access. Same thing with chickens, where they have these concrete porches that the ch- that they call uh, that outdoor access. When there's no, there isn't even any dirt for the chickens to peck. And so you've got blatant abuse. You've got the USDA, uh, which oversees the National Organic Program. Uh, you've got the um, the USDA. Totally, uh, totally turning a blind I mean, eye. And, 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 and so and that's part of the reason that, that, that producers are looking at regenerative. Regenerative is the next stage of organic. Right. You know, and you've got a lot of conventional producers that are desperate to stay on the land. We have, we have, we've had the USDA tell us that we can expect at least another seven years of really depressed corn and soy prices. Well, what does that mean for our corn and soy-based uh, monoculture uh, uh Food system, food production system, you know, right? That's, and so, especially with all this trade stuff going on right yes, now, too. Yes, yes, I mean, and that's import, impacting the pork industry. Oh, yeah. Chris Peterson, I was most famous uh, 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 pork farmer who provided some of the pork for breakfast. It was awesome. That was great. Yeah, yeah. And so, Chris Peterson was talking about how just uh, how much of Iowa pork processing is owned by just a couple of companies. Right. A lot of that is going to export. So here you have the third worldization, that's not a term, but that's what's happening, of the U.S. where you've got surf farmers that have very little control of the production. They're poisoning the soil, which they do not want to do. They're poisoning the groundwater, which they don't, do not want to do. They do not want to see a way out or they don't see a way out of this of this um, pesticide monocrop 
corn soy rotation. And regenerative is the soil solution. Regenerative so is it's, the solution. It's growing it's like crazy. Cargill like is talking about regenerative <laughs> ag. Um, Gunsmoke Farm, 34,000 acres that General Mills purchased in South Dakota to provide, uh, to grow, uh, transition from, um, from uh, conventional to organic production uh, for the wheat for their um, uh, for Annie's mac and cheese. That's the kind of movement. This, that's the thing. That's what's so important, Laura, is that the regeneration movement is growing like a prairie fire. How do we keep it family farm focused? And how do we make sure that those standards don't get watered down or ignored the way organic has? People are so disgusted from the family farmers that are now competing with container um, hydroponica, literal watered down produce. You know, and and that's being sold as organic and not lobbied or not labeled as organic. Now that's not legal in Mexico, Canada, or the Europe, European Union, but it is legal in the United States. Well, and I'm, I mean, there there is so much I want to say, but like one thing that's getting me upset is with the um, uh, GMOs. Now they want to mm-hmm. try to re-engineer, uh, relabel it. Uh, from GMO to uh, bioengineering, so they can yes. call it the B brand, right? B, B, uh-huh. not GMO. Who like yeah, don't bees. call it GMO. Call it <laughs> right, yeah. So it's like, how do we know Classic what's real? Classic greenwashing. How how do we know uh-huh. what's real? How do we move into a trust place? Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the question. tied to our freedom, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Our freedom and, and our trust. Right. Exactly. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio. <laughs> Kevin Ross here, inviting you to our brand new store called Ambibulous. What does Ambibulous mean? It means one who enjoys alcoholic beverages of all sorts. Ambibulous is a Minnesota maker's market. Unlike traditional liquor stores, we feature only craft beer, wine, and spirits made here in Minnesota. We are ready to guide your selections, where you can build your own four or six packs. Find us at 949 Hennepin Avenue East in Northeast Minneapolis or online at ambibulousmn.com. At Burger Moe's, Mondays no longer need to be a drag. Dine on the beautiful patio for Burger Monday Madness every Monday after 4 p.m., where you can order any burger and fries off menu for just $6. Not valid on Excel event evenings. Burger Moe's offers 20 fresh, never-frozen burger varieties, as well as delicious appetizers, soups, salads, and unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul, with plenty of free parking, and online at BurgerMoe's.com. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. Hi, this is Paul Metz inviting you to listen to the Wall of Power Radio Hour every weekend on AM 950. We are now in our third year of broadcasting on the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Min Post has called us one of the 22 most independently entertaining and cool radio shows in the Twin Cities. We feature cool people from all walks of life and from all 50 states. Every Saturday at 6 p.m., we played Sunday at 4 p.m. on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Find a wide selection of outdoor hearth products at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. Whether you prefer wood or gas, Woodland Stoves has the fire to fit your home. Pizza aficionados know nothing matches masonry oven baking for capturing flavor and nutrition. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces can easily install one in your home or business. Enthusiasts use these ovens year-round for bread making, wood roasting, even grilling. The mission and passion of Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces is to make the fire work for you. The way humans relate to fire is primordial. We have used fire to warm our bodies, cook our meals, and kindle our spirits. Our team has the know-how to do this in a clean-burning and environmentally smart way. Visit our store and experience the diversity. We have over 35 working units on display at the corner of Riverside and East Franklin. See us online at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that fits and works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977.
So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and we've been having an exciting conversation about Regeneration Midwest Alliance. There is an event coming up if you want to learn more. Um, it's on August 8th. It's at First Universal Church at 3400 Dupin Avenue South in Minneapolis, and it's co-sponsored by Citizens Climate Lobby, Northwind Region, First Universal Church, Minnesota 350, and Climate Solutions Team. So it's it's about capturing atmospheric carbon in the soil, what's possible, and how would it affect our our climate and our food. So that's mm-hmm, a great yeah. thing to learn more about. So only eight minutes left. <laughs> what can consumers do to move forward this regenerative? Yeah, well, one thing you can do is uh, we're enjoying – Laura's d- delicious variety <laughs> of berries from her backyard. I'm a total berry freak, so yeah. I'm in heaven. But one of the things you can do is grow your own food. That's the best way to connect with the, oh, the earth and get all the earth's healing benefits as you get your fingers in the soil. Pollinator uh, habitat, that's critically important, you know, in terms of protecting um, not only the... Uh, iconic honeybee, but also um, uh, Minnesota has more than 400 varieties of native bees, and the monarch, of course. And so, um, uh, and, then the, and then two, it's where can you find regenerative foods? Um, there, uh, uh, there is a company, um, I'm blanking on the name of it, out that is Colorado-based. It'll, it'll come to me. Anyway, that uh, does all organic produce, and then they also have um, are purchasing, they're focusing their uh, livestock sourcing from regenerative uh, producers, natural market. And well, and one and, of the things that uh, was said last yeah, time is you huh? cannot certify individual products regeneration regenerative, right? Not, because we want to. The group huh? wanted to make sure that we did not make the same mistake that we made with yes. organic. So right. talk we're, about we're that. verifying the process of producing regenerative foods, what that's going to look like in terms of a label. I'm not exactly sure, but we, but, but Ray, he is vehement in uh, talking about that, that we're uh, certifying the process, the regenerative uh, food production system, you know? And so you've got, uh, because uh, you've got, uh, uh, Foganic, uh, as Dave Chapman with Keep the Soil in Organic, um, who just started the Real Organic Project. If people can take a look at that, that'd be that's a gr- fantastic resource. So Foganic, uh, which is basically fake. yeah, like container, like container organic berries, Driscoll berries being the the largest uh, container producer in the U.S. and um, and you would think that those berries would be grown out in the field like all the other food. No, the the, the majority is grown in containers with the with the farmer deciding what inputs instead of the soil well, providing the inputs the, providing the nutrients that the that the berry plant needs you know and so anyway uh, the question is is where does the regenerative consumer find these products my coworker Corey did a fantastic job in putting together a directory based on Graham's regeneration Nebraska mapping of regenerative producers and so the co-ops I think is is uh, as people might know would be the first place to start natural grocers was the, the Colorado based company Alan Lewis is a real leader in organic um, but let's and, give a big shout out to uh, the co-ops and connect the co-ops with this ownership model because I think a yeah, lot of time cooperative that is not development as is critically important yeah. Piece in growing rege- the regenerative movement. Uh, Graham has two producer cooperatives that he's working closely with in getting these regenerative foods into um, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, and, and other communities in, Nebra- in Nebraska. And then also um, uh, the co ops, we talked about that yesterday, where we had um, uh, co- local cooperative financing. Well, that needs right. to connect with the with um, uh, consumer cooperatives, and then consumer cooperatives or regenerative is the next stage of organic. It's the critically important stage, not only for healthy foods, but the importance of healthy soils, carbon sequestration, pollinator habitat, water infiltration, the whole nine and yards. survival of the planet. <laughs> survival of planet, basically. <laughs> yeah. That's so, why we say the soil solution <laughs> is under our feet. Right. Okay, so we only have four minutes left, yeah. and I kind of I'm going to tackle this big issue of financing, but there were yeah. some really interesting stories. Now, we been saying this a lot. We're going to have the largest transfer of land in the next couple decades because mm-hmm. our, our farmers are olding, are, are getting older. So how do we do? We want um, corporate interests from around the world just to own the land. You know, it's all owned by a, few, a handful of people that are well, not connected. Or how do we have people own? Well, land? Well, that's such a critical question that we talked about yesterday, and we have um, 
uh, as uh, baby boomers are retiring, the average age of the farm has risen to around 60. A lot of um, land is uh, rented that so, that so that the farmers, uh, just like a renter in the city, is, does not have a lot of incentive to put a lot of investment into where they're at to improve it. The, the farmer, uh, the tr- transition to regenerative, there's a lot of work with a lot of questions. And so the farmer rancher um, needs to have a premium price and they have to um, – You and you also can't transition right away to where you're increasing your soil organic matter like you talked about it's from two, two and a half to six, seven percent. It takes time and the and the crop literally is addicted to the synthetic chemicals because it is no longer photosynthesizing. This is one of the most insidious parts of the of the use of chemical fertilizers so, is that the plant is no longer doing its own job. Why should it photosynthesize do work to provide that for the soil nutrient for the soil bacteria and microorganisms and protozoans and everything to get trace minerals from them when it's getting its NKP synthetically without doing any work. So we have lazy sick plants <laughs> You know, that are really providing substandard um, nutrient density for the foods that we eat, you know, and so we and so the farmer. But 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 the um, more than um, I'm not going to state a stat because I can't remember exactly, but a huge percentage of the uh, the farmland is under uh, is being rented. And so we have to be working with not only with uh, producers getting financing, which was a, a lot of the conversation um, uh, yesterday, um, but then also uh, working with these landowners and 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 and, and uh, the importance of of in, of uh, supporting soil health. So- Improving their soil. Yeah. Health so on next, the next week farm. we're going to be talking about the co-op farm tour that's going oh, on awesome. on the fourteenth, and uh-huh. uh, we'll have a Seward Co-op and uh, Ferndale uh, Turkey and um, Greg, Greg Reynolds will be calling in, and uh-huh. and so it's an opportunity for people to actually go to farms and and see the farms, and so regenerative is person to person connecting, mm-hmm. and one of the things I felt because there was a lot of time and we haven't even touched on it is these regenerative finance models. Yeah. So um, people are trying to find ways to help. Young farmers get into the land um, through, um, you know, we're, uh, through investments. You want to briefly mention some of that? Sure. Um, uh, in there, one of the biggest challenges for farmers is getting investments. That's where one of the things where the farm bill comes in is um, is the importance of the uh, conservation stewardship program uh, and equip in financing. Uh, organic and 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 uh, conventional farmers moving towards regenerative practices. So the best place is the farm bill to pro- be providing these fundings. But we also heard. Can you remember? I can't remember the name of that. Iroquois. Or, oh, Iroquois Valley. Yes, that was financing farms. That was um, in very very uh, easy can, to afford um, uh, payment plan. Right. So so and briefly, working with can... regenerative farmers in in getting the funding to uh, purchase land or expand their operations. It was so interesting. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was sort of like a rent-to-own model of getting farms. So regenerative, Uh the regenerative uh, revolution. Yeah. It's needed. Uh It is. It sure is. (laughs) And just last second, um, uh, the best resource on regenerative agriculture um, can be found at nofa, N-O-F-A, mass.org backslash carbon.